Picking you some flowers. Oh. Men still do that, don't they? I'm not out of date, am I? I've been picking flowers for a woman, a sign of appreciation. No, not at all. Except those are poisonous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I never. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Are you sadistic by nature, or what? No. I don't know. I don't know why I did that. You're very beautiful. I'm sorry. Johnson? Hi, it's Robert. Hi. I got your note. WB-8s and all. I put it in my pocket and didn't read it right away because the light was changing and I was, had to get my shots. The light was changing. Yeah, but I do accept your invitation. It'll have to be a little later, though. Uh, I was going to go over to the Hollowell Bridge and do some shooting over there. After nine, how about that? Yes. Yes, get your work done. That's what's important. I'll make something nice. We can warm up when you get here. You know, it's just a thought. Maybe you'd like to come along with me. Yes, I would like that, but I, I'll drive my pickup and meet you there. All right? All right. What time? How about six? Uh, okay, okay. Great, okay. Bye. Bye. It'll be back, Tony. COVID is hitting hard. Now it's real, though. I guess so. When are you guys going to hire me back? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> are you are you not employed by the ticket anymore? I'm just not familiar. I know we're not doing many remotes these days. No, I think it was March 5th or something. July, Whoa. Something like that. Well, maybe we can get you, you on as a uh, correspondent. <laughs> Regular for, guests. We could <laughs> offer you some kind of diff, gift cards or something. I don't know if that'll if the landlord will take that. Hey, we'll do a weekly recap on Tuesday for the Monday show. How about that? Yeah, let's just cut that back a little bit. I'll email you. <laughs> All right, love you guys. All right, Tony. Maybe we'll do it uh, Dancing with the Stars Minute. I would love that. That's like perfect. the computer minute. That's perfect. Yeah, we'll do a weekly recap. <laughs> okay, thanks so much for the call. We're going to work something out. You're the best, Tony. Appreciate you, boys. All See right. you, Tony. Bye, love Tony. You, right. Bye-bye. Number one. See, you know Tony's a good dude because Blake doesn't hate him like all the other engineers <laughs> that he feels that he. That's a great point. <laughs> was dunked on over the years. Tony is amazing. Yeah.
Well, hi, everybody. This is the Ballroom Blitz. I am Tony, the engineer. Welcome back. Well, here we go. Episode eight of the Ballroom Blitz, just flying through this season. We're covering week seven of Dancing with the Stars, season 30, and it occurred on Monday night, November 1st. Well, it was Queen night in the ballroom, and they played music from the rock band Queen for all the dances. And I really liked the opening. I don't know if you guys watched the show. I hope you did. But uh, they had an opening where all four judges were in their own cars. And uh, they had little cameras in the cars. And they were driving towards the studio, I guess. And they were all rocking out to uh, to a Queen song, which I thought was pretty funny, especially seeing Len do it. I always like it when Len participates in those things. And then uh, we had uh, a nice pro number to open up the show. You know, in the old days, we would have pro numbers a lot in the beginning, and because of COVID and so forth, they've cut way back on those. But it was nice to see that. There were eight of the former, uh, either pros that were on earlier this season or a couple of the new ones they have. Uh, let's see. All the male pros wore Freddie Mercury mustaches throughout the show. And, uh, of course, that was kind of funny to see all of them wearing those exaggerated mustaches. And then uh, most of the songs were covered by the Ray Chu uh, Live Band, which we expected. But I was really pleasantly surprised. I want to say there was three or four songs that uh, were the actual recorded versions of Queen, you know, Freddie Mercury and, and his band. And it was the kind of stuff you would hear on the radio. So it's kind of neat to hear the songs the way we remembered them. Now, why in the world... They only did two or three like that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there's, again, a money issue involved. And if they would have done all of them, it would have cost a ton more. Or if that was just a personal decision by the producers that, hey, you know, we want to involve our our uh, Ray True, Ray, I can't say it, Ray Chu <laughs> Live Orchestra. Uh, I'm not sure what was going on there, but uh, kind of a little of a mixture of both. But most of them were, were by uh, Ray's group, that's for sure. But we had a few actual recordings of the Queen songs. Of course, this was uh, another theme night. They're having a theme night of every of every show this week of this season. Not sure again how I feel about them. They're okay. I don't know if we need one for every week. I certainly understand to have Disney night because uh, ABC, you know, owns or ABC is owned by Disney, I guess. And then Halloween night, of course, is a spe special one that they've always had, and it's just part of what we all celebrate. But um, having one every night, I don't know. You know, we had a Britney Spears one earlier this season. We had Queen this night. Next week, we found out it's going to be Janet Jackson night. And uh, like I said, I guess there's nothing wrong with those per se. I, I do wonder, though, I was thinking about Halloween, and I told you that's one of the nights that I've always liked. Uh, Iman had his contemporary last week when he had the 40. And everybody was raving about that. And I'm so glad we got to see it. But I kind of wonder in the big scheme of things that that's a fair way to do it. You know, the contemporary dance, you don't really have rules like you have with the other ballroom dances. And so he could come out and make it as creepy as you want and have weird moves in it and creepy music, which is the Halloween theme. And he should have done that. But then you have someone else that comes up and they do a tango, let's say, and it's still got the Halloween theme. But Len might criticize him, well, there wasn't enough, you know, sliding, gliding movement across like you have to have in the tango. I just think that maybe makes it a little more unfair to have contemporary and jazz and those nights that uh, have themes to them. But I guess if you're having uh, themes every night, you're either going to have to mix those in or you could just have a night where, okay, tonight it's all contemporary or jazz and you know, if you want to do it a second night later, you just switch the contestants around. If they did jazz the first one, you do contemporary the second. But, you know, maybe in the end, it's not that big a deal, I guess. Um, I would like to see, though, 
a, uh, a retro night or a classic night. And what I mean by that is, I mean like a, a throwback to the original show. And we're talking back, you know, the early 2000s. Well, 2005 is when it started. But um, and, and if you remember back then, they played the theme song, which we play every day or every time we do the Ballroom Blitz here at the beginning. That's no longer there, of course. But I love it if they would have an old show or the classic night again, where you have the theme song that's played. You have the staircase entry when everybody comes down the staircase arm in arm like they used to do in the old days. And you have the old English accent, accented guy announce who they are and announce the last name of their professional partner. I just think that adds to the ballroom formal feel of it. And, you know, that's what the show is founded on. I know we've gotten away from that, but I thought a, a retro night like that would be really cool. You know, you stick with just the classic dances that night, just ballroom or Latin. You don't bring in the contemporary and the jazz. You have minimal set design. You know, you can have a few candlesticks or a table or something there, but not crazy set design, which they've become famous for. And then you just have two people out there dancing, no troop behind them, no accompany dancers and make the dance a little longer. Like in the old days, you would have 90 second dances, even over a hundred uh, seconds sometimes instead of these minute, minute 15 dances that uh, not hundred seconds. What am I thinking of? Uh, 30 seconds. Yeah. Minute and a half dances. Yeah. Um, where today some of our dances rarely make minute 15, but, uh, I guess it just depends. Some nights they are a little longer than others, and they get longer as the season progresses because there's uh, more contestants, or I'm sorry, fewer contestants, so they can spend a little bit more time on them. But in the end, I guess the themes, I shouldn't get too worked up about them, but uh, that was queen night that we had on Monday. Okay, let's go to the dances now. Well, Amanda started off with a jive, and you know I kind of say the same thing with Amanda every week. We're getting to that point where the critiques don't, don't vary much unless the the contestant is growing. And I think Amanda has kind of peaked. I hate to say that. I don't think she's peaked technique-wise. I think she's always very good technique-wise. But there's always something that seems to be missing with her performances. And the judges said it again on Monday night. And she really didn't even score very well. She got three eights and a nine for a total of 33. And like I said, she did a jive. And technically, I think everything was fine again. Uh, I guess you know, they complained a little bit about maybe the kicks and flicks not being quite sharp enough, but that's not her problem. Her problem seems to be adding performance or giving us something that we're not getting. You know, I mentioned, Derek mentioned a few weeks back about something's missing and I can't place my finger on it. You know, Len last night or Monday night mentioned, we want something special from you and I'm not getting it, which is, you know, a pretty harsh criticism, but even he can't tell what he wants, but he wants something more. And then Carrie Ann said that she reminded her of a metronome, you know, that constant back and forth. She said, every one of your dances are very good, which is good, but we need something to surprise us. And boy, that's where the performance art comes in again when you dance. You can dance the steps correctly, but we need something more from Amanda. No one seems to be able to put their finger on what it is. But when we watch her, it's like, yeah, that's really good. It, yeah, it's good again this week. Yeah, she looks really good when she dances, but it's not real memorable. And you just like, I want more, but I really don't know what to tell you what it is I want. And that's that indefinable sometimes characteristics you either have or you don't that you're able to perform and entertain people, or maybe you're not. And I'm just a little worried she's kind of hit the ceiling there and she's not going to break through with that. And I don't know about her partnership with Alan. You know, I don't see anything special there. You know, usually we always talk about, do, is there any kind of chemistry between the partners? Not that there's anything wrong. It's just it kind of adds to the very professional vibe we're getting off of uh, those two, I think. 
Uh, up next was Olivia, and she did a quick step with Val. And uh, I think uh, this is another broken record. Every week I say Olivia is just solid. She's just fun to watch. She's very good technically. And continue to be impressed with her because she supposedly doesn't have much dance experience, if any. She's not an actress, obviously. Yet she's able to bring something out of that dance that makes it a joy to watch. And that's what we don't hear about when we hear about Amanda. You know, I don't know which one of those two is the better technical dancer. I would assume Amanda a little bit is. But Olivia has the ability to bring out a performance and to look happy and joyful while she's doing it. And I think that resonates with the fans. Now, again, her, her backstory, I don't know what kind of fan support she really has, but the judges certainly like her. They gave her three tens, and then Len gave her an eight. Uh, Len just said it needed more body contact, but uh, I don't know why he only gave her an eight instead of a nine. But, but uh, the judges like her, and she's got this infectious energy. Maybe that's just partly because she's so young. But another great dance uh, for Olivia. Maybe a bit overscored. I don't know if it really should have been a 38, but uh, hard to quibble with that because she is really good. Up next is Iman, and this is the follow-up to that incredible contemporary that we talked about last week when he got the perfect score. And I had mentioned this is something we want to look at this week is, okay, now that he's back into ballroom dances, is he going to revert to his old way of like hunching over and not expanding his chest? Or will he, this give him newfound confidence maybe and in, in, uh, technique for this week? Well, he kind of went back to the old ways. Um, his scores... Uh, Let's see. Carrie Ann gave him a nine. Len gave him a seven. You know, Len's not a huge fan of him because he doesn't have the great technique. Uh, Derek and Bruno gave him eight. So a total of 32. And that's that number, you know, four eights basically is what it averages to. That's the number at this stage of the contest that uh, is dangerous category for him. Um, he's had good fan support. He's never been in the bottom two. We'll have to see how that plays out uh, the rest of the evening tonight. And uh, this was a Paso, which is an incredibly forceful dance. And this is the dance where the man really has to step up and open up his body and hit it with hard uh, moves, power in, of move, in his movements. And we didn't see that last night. And that was disappointing because, like I said, I really hoped he had the confidence from last week to really go out and give this one some extra, like Lynn likes to call, give it some welly. And didn't seem to have it. His, he his head and his neck, again, were not up the way they need to be in a ballroom dance. Um, uh, Derek specifically mentioned, you know, the pasta doble, it needs posture and power and presence, and he didn't see it there. So, uh, you know, not the greatest. He's back to what I would think is what his level is going to be the rest of the way. And if he ever falls in the bottom two, he'll be in big trouble. But who knows with his fan support how long he can last. Up next is Jimmy, uh, in my opinion, the best male dancer we've had this season. He was doing a Viennese waltz. And you know, they didn't have too much to say. They really liked it. Uh, Carrie Ann and Len gave him nines. Bruno and Derek gave him a 10. I thought it was a little weird with Derek giving him a 10 because he started off by saying, you know, this lacked the normal smoothness and elegance of a Viennese waltz. But then he did say, having said that, uh, I thought it was still great for what it was and it fitted your personality. And then he gives him a 10, which I thought was a little weird. Uh, that's what I like about Len so much is that if this didn't have the usual smoothness and uh, elegance of a Viennese waltz, Len's going to take a point off for it. And I think that's what you need to do. You know, you, you have these dances for a reason. And as we get older, the, the longer in the tooth of this show, we get further and further away from that where it's like, eh, I just love the dance. Yeah, it's not the normal style, but I liked your style. 
Yeah, that's okay, I guess. But if we start getting into that that realm, it's like you lose the core value of what you're judging here. You know, a Viennese waltz has this. You didn't have it. Yeah, it was nice what you did, but you didn't have what was in that dance. But I'm still going to give you a 10. And, you know, Len won't do that. Usually he doesn't. But still, a great score, 38. Another thing that I've mentioned about Jimmy before, and he did it again on Monday night, and still the judges aren't calling him out for it, is the lip syncing. Uh, I know, I think I remember Carrie Ann saying it once many years ago, the judges have called people out for this before, saying that it distracts from the performance. And we tend to watch you mouth the words, and that's not what you want us watching. So again, I don't know why they're not calling him out on it. Maybe it's not as big a deal for some reason with him. But if he keeps going on, and of course we're getting really towards the end of the season, I'll be surprised if they say something or not. But so, so far, nothing. Up next was The Miz, the wrestler. He did a foxtrot. And The Miz is one of those guys, I think, that really has hit his ceiling. I don't think he's going to get any better. And he's a good dancer. You know, again, he and he had the four eights, which is the typical number you give someone at this stage that is a good dancer, but not a great dancer. And like I said, I think he's reached his limit, which has been very, very good as a guy that's never had any dance experience. He did have one thing that was almost comical, I think, in his routine. He lifted his head up and neck up so exaggerated, you know, to get that open look you have in the ballroom dance. And he didn't move it. And it was almost like he was saying, okay, you want my head and neck up? I'm going to put it so far up that, you know, you know, you can't complain about it now. Well, of course, they complained about it the other way. It looked almost kind of scary looking and creepy looking because he was so exaggerated when he did that. But uh, again, The Miz has been fun on the show, and uh, I think he may have reached his uh, ceiling here. Number six up, uh, JoJo. And she did a tango with Jenna. The outfits were kind of crazy, really sparkly and sequined. And the boots weren't crazy. She had some thigh-high boots, both of them did, that went way up there. And then they had the, the crazy uh, ponytail at the top of their head. I don't even know what you call that exactly. Something with the hair at the very top of their head. So it certainly wasn't a traditional tango. But again, we've come to expect that with JoJo, is that she's going to be kind of wild and outlandish and surprise us with stuff. And this is what separates her from Amanda uh, for me. They're both very good technically, but you never know what you're going to get with JoJo. And I mean that in a good way. She comes out, she surprises us usually with outfits and or just the performance of the dance. Uh, she continues to like grow and expand where Amanda seems to be stuck in that area of I'm a good dancer, but I can't make it a performance or I can't show you something new. And I hate to bag on Amanda, but she's so good of a dancer, I want her to break out. But uh, JoJo seems to have that with no problem. She's always got high energy in her dances. Very good chemistry with Jenna. Again, that's the thing that not every couple has. And I think it's interesting that the two females together seem to have very good chemistry when they're out there. And the judges love her. They gave her a score of uh, 39. Only Len uh, didn't give him a 10. They gave, he gave them a nine. Uh, up next is uh, Suni the gymnast, and you know she's kind of a, a a difficult one because she's another one that's got great technique, but the performance is really not always there for her. She tries, but it's just so hard for her to be emotional and to get the feelings out. And uh, last night or Monday night was extremely strange because I remember they had a close up of her when she was getting ready to do it. It was a paso, by the way, with her partner Sasha. And she had a look on her face 
just for a split second before she got into the dance of like taking a huge breath and like, okay, God, I got to get through this again. Well, I found out later that she was sick, physically sick. And I feel feel for her because she went out and gave a good performance when she wasn't feeling good. You know, uh, the old, well, we don't know what it was. It wasn't COVID, they said, but stomach flu or something. She had been throwing up and had been having trouble the other way. And all week, I guess, or most of the week. And for her to suck it up and go out there and do that dance was, was really impressive. Immediately after the dance ended, she just ran straight off the stage. And I guess she went and threw up. So uh, for as bad as she must have been feeling, I think she did a really good job. But it did lack a little bit. And the judges have to critique with what they're seeing. And they gave her a total score of 33, three eights and a nine. Um, it might have been a little bit better than that, but again, SUNY's kind of in that awkward spot too of, I'm pretty good technically, but I'm not able to, to wow the audience and give them a performance and, you know, make whatever facial expressions to the camera or what I have to do to kind of resonate with the fan. Uh, and Carrie Ann brought it up again too, that she just needs to be and act a little more confident. You know, she's a shy young girl, it appears, and she is. And it's one of those that she's not going to break out of it. The season's too long into it now. And even if she did, it might be too late. But uh, she can keep trying. And hopefully if she's feeling better next week physically, we won't have to uh, have her go through that either. Or she doesn't have to go through that again. Um, number eight up, Cody. And I mentioned, I've mentioned about Cody all season. I want him to get better. And I think he should be getting better. And I finally give it up now. Uh, here we are in week seven. And he got a score of 34. Again, two eights at this time of the season. When you're a trained dancer, that is not good. But he's never been in the bottom two. And I think that Peloton group is, is voting for him because they're keeping him out of it. And he's had low scores consistently throughout the season and never been in the bottom two. He danced a foxtrot with Cheryl. And for some reason, their, their partnership is not resonating with me either. I, I don't see a chemistry between them at all. And I'm not saying it's just because, you know, he's a gay man and she's not, but it, something's not resonating. I think their outfits are weird every week. Uh, I thought the outfits, what they wore, was strange this week too. I don't even know how to describe it. You'd have to go back. They didn't seem to mesh well. And, uh, you know, Len was complaining about his bum is out a lot. So I, I don't, wouldn't notice that quite as much. But when I went back and looked at it, I said, yeah, I kind of see what you're saying there. I think his facial expressions and his mannerisms are getting a little more natural looking. Before, I thought they were almost hamming it up for the camera, and that's not a good look. So I think he's getting better in that. They did play a package of, of one of his best friends passing away, and I think one of his partners at one point, and that was a sad story, and maybe that subdued him a little bit. But uh, I like that part of it, but the technique is still just not that great. So he had a score of 34 for the evening. And then up last was Melora, and... They love her, especially Len. Len. Len scores her well every week. And I'm not saying she doesn't deserve it. It's just that she did get another score last night, uh, another really good score last night. She scored, let's see, it was a 36 out of 40. And I'm not saying she shouldn't have got a, a 36, but again, they really like her and they always score her consistently higher than I think uh, she might would have gotten. But four nines is still good. Like I said, I don't want to downplay it, especially after last week. You know, she had that jive on Halloween night that was really lacking in energy. And I told you, I think it's that time of the year when especially the older folks start running out of gas and they look up and they see they still have four to five weeks left of this and they're tired and they're hurting and maybe a little tired of their partner, although I think her and Artem get along fine. 
But uh, this week she bounced back from that. This thing had a little more energy to it. There was some kind of balance issue at the end. I went back and looked at it again, and it almost looked like, again, she was just tiring at the end of the routine. And she just, when you get tired like that, it's easy to get a little wobbly and have a little bit of uh, balance issues. But still, a nice performance, 36 out of 40. Okay, well, that was the dances for the night. Now, what they did do last night was they brought in this second dance, and they called them relay dances. And since there were nine contestants left, we had, they broke them up into groups of three. And so you had three people do a jive, three people do a foxtrot, and three people do, uh, I believe it was a Viennese waltz, yeah. And then they relayed them. They just had one, two, three come out separately, but one right after the other. So like the first one was going to be a jive, and it was the Miz, Iman, and Cody. So Miz would come out with his partner and do his little minute or whatever. Iman would come out and do the same thing, and Cody would do the same thing. So it gives the judges a chance to kind of check them out back-to-back really quickly there. And uh, it was for one bonus point from each judge. So for each relay, there were three people, and there was a total of four points to be had because each judge had one point. Well, this was one of the uh, first times in the show that night that we had a little error. Uh, They talked about, they they said that the jive was going to be the first to go, and then they showed the video package, and the video package was Len calling the Foxtrot people. And so right away, you're like, oh, what happened there? And... Again, I don't want to be nitpicky, but I, how can that happen? Uh, I guess we're all human and things do happen, and I know it's a live show. And believe me, Tyra never forgets to mention that to us. I swear that in the 28 seasons Tom did the show, he might have mentioned it was a live show and we have a few issues maybe two or three times in 28 seasons. Tyra mentions it two or three nights, every, or two or three times every show, it seems like. There was another one a little bit later, and she said, you know, it's a live show, things happen, don't worry about it. I get that, but it doesn't seem very professional. And, you know, I, I go back to what TC told me about the the podcast. You know, I was like, well, I just want to get it out there and talk about this show that I like. And, you know, if I'm not really good at it, that's okay. It's just me. And he's like, well, yeah, that's okay. But if you're going to do something, do your best at it. And that's the way I feel about this show. I saw when, when they did it the best and when there were no mistakes and it ran like a well-oiled machine. And now it doesn't. And so these bumps in the road, they irritate me more than they probably should. So yeah, big deal. They showed the wrong package, but they just went ahead and danced the jive package anyway, or did the dance, uh, the jive dance anyways, even though the wrong package had, uh, uh, had preceded it. But when they came back, she did say, well, let's just run the right package now. So it all worked out and it wasn't that big a deal, I guess. But I'm not going to go too much into the dances because they were very quick. But in the jive relay, I said we had Ms. Iman, and Cody. And the judges decided to split it up. They gave two points to Iman and two points to Cody. The poor Miz got uh, uh, zeroed out. Again, I think, like I mentioned earlier, the Miz has peaked. And I think everybody recognizes that. So still fun to have on the show and all that. But uh, we're not seeing too much growth from him anymore. Iman had his own kind of swag for the jive. And, you know, he's got his own way of doing things. And that works good with a lot of the judges, not with Len, because Len wants you to do the technique you're supposed to do. But it was great to see him, you know, have his own groove to it. And then, of course, Len went with Cody and uh, mentioned about his technique is getting a little bit better. So uh, Iman and Cody with two points. Up next was the Foxtrot Relay. And we had, listen to this threesome, JoJo, Olivia, and Jimmy, three of the finest dancers we have this season, along with Amanda. And... uh, I thought for sure this would be split because all three of them are very good dancers. Well, 
sure enough, Olivia got all four points, and that's a pretty big deal. She probably could use that because she was in the bottom two at one point earlier in the season. But JoJo and Jimmy were shut out, so Olivia gets all four points. And then they went to a commercial break and came back, and here was the second mistake. Tyra was on mic introducing the Viennese waltz relay, I'm guessing, and her mic was off. So what you saw for a minute was Tyra staring at the camera, talking away, and you heard uh, just a bunch of piped-in audience clapping. And it just, it's a bad look. You know, again, uh, isn't there an engineer on the mixer board saying, okay, why, why are we not hearing her? Pot her up, hit the unmute button, tell her to turn the, the on button on in the mic. And even if you don't want to do that, don't you have a second mic right off stage and someone's just handing it to her? I'd much rather see that and hear what the show is doing rather than just have dead air with piped in audience music. But again, I guess it's kind of small error, but uh, those things bother me these days. Uh, so we had the Viennese Waltz Relay. It was Amanda, Melora, and Suni, three quality dancers there too. And uh, they were all fine in varying, varying ways. Uh, Amanda got a point, Suni got a point, and Melora got two points. So we add in the bonus points to the original numbers they had from their first dance. And at the top of the judges' leaderboard were Olivia and JoJo. Olivia had 42. That extra four points really boosted her up. JoJo had 39. And then at the bottom of the scoreboard, you had The Miz at 32, Amanda, Iman, and Suni at 34. So now it's time to bring in the fan vote. And I thought Suni might stay in there because she'd been in the bottom two the week before. But sometimes you get a little bounce when you're in the bottom two and your fans are like, whoa, I better start go voting for her. So she jumped out along with Iman and Aman, Amanda. The Miz did stay in the bottom two. But guess who fell to the bottom two with The Miz? JoJo fell to the bottom two. The recognized best dancer of the season. The judges have her at the top of the leaderboard almost every week and certainly for the whole season. And this is one of those... Times we're very thankful now to have the judges save because right away between JoJo and Miz, we knew who they were going to save. They did save JoJo, of course, and sent the Miz home. Uh, but, you know, if we wouldn't have had that, who knows? JoJo may have been in the bottom two. And that says a lot about her fan base uh, because she had 39 points, second on the judges' scorecard, way ahead of the Miz. And we don't know. They don't tell us who the actual bottom person was. But if she was in the bottom two, she would have been gone. The best answer of the season would have been gone, you know, at number, what is it, nine position. And we've had stuff like that happen before, and it's always frustrating. Now we got the judges save, even though it's not a great judges save, it does serve a purpose. And uh, here was a great example of that. As far as her fan base goes, you know, we thought she had a ton of followers, and she does on TikTok and uh, what else is she on? I don't know, not just Twitter, but oh, Instagram and all that other stuff. But most of her followers, I'm sure, are young girls. They probably don't watch the show, and they're obviously not voting for her. And then it falls back to the hardcore person who votes on this show, the older woman who's conservative, Christian, rural, uh, white, and they vote a certain way. And I'm really sad to admit, but they probably didn't vote for her because they don't like the pairing with Jenna. You know, that uh, having two women dance together, that probably doesn't uh, set well in rural Iowa. 
with the people who vote on this show. So that's a sad thing. And that tells you that even though JoJo is going to score high on the judges scorecard, she could be in trouble every week the rest of the way, unless her little girl fans do mobilize because I think the uh, fan base for the show has spoken there. And uh, the Miz went home, which was time, of course. We kind of said he had hit his ceiling, but well, he was fun to have on the show, better than I thought he would be. And uh, you know, time to go, that's all. Okay, well, let's go into some top 10 lists here. You know, I've been doing a top 10 list every week. And when you've had a show that's been on this long and so many dances, over 3,000 dances now have been on the show, you're going to have top 10s, or at least I am, because I watch them all very intently. And we've had all kinds of top 10 lists this week, well, this week or this season, but this week we're going to go with the top 10 hottest dances that have been on Dancing with the Stars, you know, like uh, Sexy Hot. And obviously this is going to be very subjective. Uh, just my opinion only on these because we all have a different opinion of what hotness is and so forth. Uh-oh, opinion alarm. <laughs> all right, just just letting you guys know, these are my opinions. I'm gonna have people on here that you're gonna say, well, that wasn't that sexy. Oh, it's, they're not that good looking or whatever, but this is my list, so uh, <laughs> we'll get started here. To get on the list though, we have a little criteria for me. This is my list again. Uh, I usually have to be attracted to the people physically. You know, they need to be sexy or good looking or just hot, I guess you would say. Now, almost all the women on this show is not a problem with all the women pros. They're all very attractive to me. And so that's not an issue. With the men, it's different. You know, and I don't mean to call out like Mark or Derek, but I don't look at those guys as necessary, su necessarily super sexy as you compare them to maybe a, uh, a Gleb or an Artem who are ripped physically and take their shirts off all the time and just kind of have that swagger of, hey, I'm a good looking guy. <laughs> Whereas I think Mark and Derek are more the, the good buddies next door. Yeah, they're okay looking and yeah, they're in pretty good shape on all that. But I don't think of them as quite as sexy as, as maybe some of the other dudes on the show. Uh, there has to be some kind of chemistry between the couple, I think. You know, there may be beautiful people, but if they don't get along and there's just no good interaction between the two of them, that's probably going to keep them off the list. Uh, a lot of it has to do with what they're wearing. You know, sometimes some of these dances we're going to talk about, they're wearing next to nothing. The guys have their shirt off. The women have Victoria's Secret stuff on. And then in other dances, they have very elegant ballroom gown on with maybe a slit up the, the leg or something for the ladies. And the guy has his shirt undone, but he kept it on. So there's different, different levels of just the clothing they can wear, whether you not you think it's sexy or not. And then finally, kind of the music that goes along with it. There's some music, I think, that's just kind of sexy. You know, there's one in here that played the 50 Shades of Grey uh, music from that movie. And that was a very sexy movie, I guess. I never saw it. But uh, uh, if you like the music and think it's sexy, and then the dance moves too. And that's a big part of it. And that kind of goes along with the chemistry. You know, when the man touches a woman in a specific spot on her body, does she kind of have some kind of physical reaction or facial expression that shows that she's enjoying it and it's kind of a sexy move? So all that stuff kind of plays into it. Most of these will have one or more of those characteristics. So starting off at number 10, this was a little uncomfortable for me because the participant is 16 years old, Lori Hernandez, the gymnast. It was her uh, cell block tango that she did with Val in season 23. Go back and check that out. She's wearing a, you know, the tango is kind of a sexy dance anyways. And she was wearing a very, I don't know, almost see-through dress in a lot of ways. And it was dark black like the tango usually is. They're wearing dark, darker clothing sometimes. 
Um, a lot of her movements are so precise because of her gymnastic background and Val would hold her a certain way and she would make the emotional you know, face or whatever. And I was really proud of her because a lot of these gymnasts, SUNY this year, have trouble emoting and being emotional towards the camera and performing the dance. And she really did this dance well, I thought. She came out and performed it very well. And then the thing that put it over the top for me and that had it on the top 10 list for me is that they had four backup dancers with them, all women, of course. And they were behind, you know, fake uh, cells. Like it was cell block tango, so they were in a prison. And so most of the dance, you couldn't see them real well. You could kind of get flashes here and there, which can be kind of sexy too if they're not showing you everything. Well, at the end of the dance, they all four come out from behind their cell blocks and they're all basically wearing Victoria's Secret stuff, you know, bra and panties and garter belts with high stockings and stiletto heels. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty sexy, I would say. So uh, that kind of put it over the top for me. And then Tom, Tom Bergeron, as usual, he had a great saying when they were coming out and done with it. He says, and uh, the four ladies there, the four prison guards are modeling authentic women's prison outfits. And it was just funny because, of course, that's not what they were doing. But uh, made the whole dance pretty hot. And uh, Lori, like I said, acted it really well. So that's my number 10. My number nine hottest dance of all time is Chriselle Staus and Gleb, season 29, their Viennese waltz. Just last season. Um, if you remember, they had a very interesting uh, chemistry, I would say. Uh, Gleb got divorced or was in the process of getting divorced that season. And, of course, the rumors were flying that he and, and uh, uh, Chriselle had a thing going. Don't know if that was really true or not. At the end of the season, Chriselle actually ended up with Keo for a while, another male dancer on the show. But she was just a very attractive, pretty woman, filled out every dress she wore very, very nicely. Gleb, of course, just kind of a good-looking guy. And you get the two of them together, the chemistry was off the, off the charts. They had a—this is a Viennese waltz, remember. And on the floor, the very first thing you see before they start dancing is a bed. So they're both on the bed and doing some movements there. And I'm like, wow, Gleb's not even messing around here. The Viennese waltz is usually a very elegant ballroom dance, and he's just jumping right in uh, with the bed on the floor there. And— uh, like I said, it, just everything was hot between the two of them. So you'd have to go back. I don't have any audio for the first few dances here, the judges reacting, because sometimes it's hard to, hard to find that um, online. But Chriselle uh, and Gleb, the season 29 Viennese Waltz, my number nine. My number eight dance in the uh, top 10 hottest dances was Nikki Bella and Artem in season 25. Now, you may know what their story is. Again, just off the charts chemistry between the two of them. And they got together after the show ended. Uh, Nikki was with another wrestler. Nikki was from the wrestling world and she was with another wrestler called John Cena at the time. Big, huge guy. And he would come to the shows. He, he made two or three shows, I know. And you look back at those dances now and it's kind of awkward because John would come out. He even came out once when they were getting their critiques and, you know, big guy and Artem's kind of standing there like the little boy that really shouldn't be there next to her. And she's kind of like holding on to her boyfriend, but still, you know, they're getting critiques. So she should hold on to Artem. It was kind of a weird vibe, but Nikki's another one of those gals that fills out every dress she wears extremely well. Artem's a sexy guy and boy, I would watch them in the background, like when they were getting their uh, uh, elimination scores at the end of the show, everybody's standing up there. And I would watch people in the background. I'd be like, how are they, you know, holding each other or how's it getting along? And a lot of them would be very, very gentle, you know, arm in arm, or some people wouldn't even be touching. They'd have their arm, hands behind their back or something. 
Well, every time I saw Nikki and Artem, Artem had her in a very, very suggestive pose, I thought, or hold. And he would have his hand around her belly and it would be cupping her body. And she was like right next to him. And she would oftentimes hold his hand too while he's holding her belly. And it just looked really like these people like each other. They're comfortable with each other. And doesn't shock me a bit that they ended up getting together after the show ended. Um, I think they're technically engaged now. They've already had a kid together. So Nikki and Artem... They're Viennese Waltz from uh, season 25 is my number eight dance. Let's go to number seven. This is uh, Janelle Parrish and again, Artem. Uh, season 19, they did a dance to burlesque. So right away, you're guessing, okay, this is probably going to be a little sexy. And then Janelle was just a beautiful young woman who was always kind of sexy, I thought. so. And then here you got Artem again, who masters in that, takes his shirt off whenever he can. Now, they weren't normal partners that season. Janelle was with Val. And I think I might have had this dance higher up if Val was with her because they did have a chemistry. There was rumors that they were a couple too. This was before he and Jenna got together. And I think if the two of them did this burlesque, it would have even been hotter. But it was hot enough even with just Artem. Uh, Janelle had a little, I don't know what you call it, some kind of corset on that was very, very attractive on her. Um, Artem had his shirt off with a with suspenders, which I always think is a great look for a guy if you have the upper chest and arms to wear something like that, which Artem certainly does. And they made a big point in their video package before the dance of saying they wanted to make Val jealous and they were going to sex it up and everything. And boy, they really did. Um, like I said, this would have probably been higher if Val was with her because you knew they had chemistry. This was a one week thing with her and Val or her and Artem, but still really sexy, my number seven dance, uh, uh, the hottest dance of the show's history. Okay, let's go to number six. And I do have some audio for this. This is James Maslow and Peta, his partner from season 18. Now, we found out when the two of them got together at the very beginning of the show, they had the introduction, whether or not it's staged, I don't know if they had really met or not. But James came in and Peta like put her hand over her mouth and like, oh my gosh, they had evidently dated at some pre prior time in life before the show. And supposedly she reacted like she didn't know that was going to be her partner. And maybe he didn't know either. I don't know, again, if that's for the cameras or what. But right away, you knew they were probably going to have a chemistry because I guess it ended okay because they weren't awkward at all. It was just like, wow, immediately went in for the hug and so forth. Well, in season uh, 18, they did a samba together. And... This one would have been a little higher too for me, but for a couple reasons. Number one, they didn't mess around. They went straight for no shirt on with uh, James. And I mean, he had the shirt on when he started, but that came off in the dance. And Pita was wearing, again, another Victoria's Secret Ensemble, bright red uh, brawn panties with a garter belt and, and thigh-high stockings with the stiletto heels. Oh, boy, she was great looking. He was great looking. They looked great together. Um the uh, the judges had quite a reaction. That's what we're going to play here. And I'll just let you listen to the judges and see what they have to say about it. I wish you could see the visual. Go see uh, James Maslow and Peter Samba, uh, season 18. Can I ask you, listen to me. Can I ask you a couple of questions? Go ahead. <coughs> what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> Because I think I need to book a full service. <laughs> They've blown my spark plugs. They really have. That was filthy. That was dirty, and I loved it. There you go. You 
road, take your own tires. Carrie Ann? Where did that drink go? Holy cow, yeah. James. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I... <laughs> the pina colada was good, huh? I said, yeah, the pina colada must have made me a little hot because my head's spinning. Okay. Your chemistry is beyond sick. And it's not just the chemistry. The lines you hit, the music, the, the way you were working, Peta. You worked that samba, my friend. I've been seeing the whole season, and you guys are, are always taking it to the next level. And, and to, tonight, you were unexpected. But what I mean by that is that it's like, it was like surprise after surprise, and wow after wow. And it's like the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Yeah, that was Ricky Martin. He was a uh, guest judge that night. And you heard how Bruno and Carrie Ann replied and responded. It was a really hot dance. And uh, uh, again, just go to go look at it and you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. So that's my number six dance of the top 10 hottest dances. Uh, number five, we're going to go with uh, Paige Van Zandt and Mark Ballas. Now, you may remember just a few minutes ago, I mentioned Mark is not what I would consider a super sexy guy necessarily. And here he is in, in, in my list. Again, those were just kind of general guidelines. Uh, Paige was very sexy that season. And I know they had a great chemistry together because Mark, I don't know, he acted a little more emotional that season with her than I'd ever seen the guy. Now, he probably knew his time at the show was running out and he knew he had a great chance to win with her. That season, he wasn't going to because of uh, Niall DeMarco, but we'll get into that a little later. But uh, there was quite a bit of chemistry between them, and they came out and did an Argentine tango. And uh, again, we'll play some judges' comments here, and you'll hear what they had to say about it. Um, by the way, Mark has some lipstick on his cheek, but it's from his mother. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Len, what you think? Well, thank God the music stopped when it did. I don't know where you'd have been. Honestly. <laughs> the thing is, with dance, no one's right, no one's wrong. It's about taste. Now, I think the choreography was brilliant. Yeah. The dancing was brilliant. It, for me, maybe a little bit too hot and spicy, but... Clearly, it got a rise out of him. So there you go. <laughs> Bruno, what'd you think? Mm, nasty. <laughs> Naughty. Oh, but it felt so good. It was like watching Basic Instinct with a sprinkle of fatal attraction oh. and 50 shades of pain. <laughs> I'm telling you, underscore that with Excellent technique. If you don't make it to the final, I'm going to judge in speedos next week. Okay. You deserve a place in the final. Thank you, Bruno. Wow. America should feel threatened right now, Carrie Ann. I just vomited a little in my mouth. I know, yeah, I know. That was very sexy. But what was amazing about it is that you are just phenomenal. You push yourself in every single way, every time you go out there. This wasn't just about a sexy hot dance. This was Paige showing us all the multi-dimensionalness of you, the multi-dimensionalness of you, if that's a word. Yeah. I love the layers. Like, you are powerful, you are athletic, you are erotic, you are sensual, you are sophisticated, you are dynamic. I love watching you dance. Well, there you go. They obviously loved it. Always fun to hear Bruno just go crazy when uh, 
<laughs> he gives his critiques. Uh, again, I thought their chemistry was really good. And then to top it all off, Paige was an excellent dancer, probably the best dancer of that season, uh, season 22. So that's one of the reasons it made it very sexy. And that was my number five. <clears throat> number four on the list of the top 10 hottest dances. This is a very personal dance for me. Um, I would think a lot of people may not think it was that sexy because it wasn't that great of a dance technically. It was, uh, they got four eights, I believe. Uh, there were four judges that night, I think. They got uh, four eights or all eights that night. And it was a trio dance. It was Juan Pablo de Pache, season 27, his partner Cheryl, and Melissa Rycroft was the guest dancer with them that night. It was trio night on the show that season. And you probably heard me talk about Juan Pablo earlier in uh, the podcast. One of the greatest male dancers ever on the show. He's in my top five. He was one of the most wrong people in the history of the show because they didn't have the judges save then. And that's part of the reason we got the judges save was because of that awful season 27 and what went, what went down. But this was their cha-cha, this trio cha-cha. And this had everything for me personally. Even though it wasn't that great of a dance technically, um, they were all gorgeous people. You know, I've always liked Cheryl. Uh, Melissa Rycroft, I've always had a crush on, and she's been on the show a lot. She's a big friend of the show. That makes her that much more attractive. And uh, they were wearing incredibly fun outfits to look at. <laughs> and then Juan Pablo, again, I'm not gay, but my God, we all know what good-looking people look like, what a good-looking guy. And he could move his hips like no other man, maybe except Jordan Fisher. Boy, uh, fun to watch. And the three of them together, they were dancing to a very kind of sexy song, I thought. I think it was called Wavy. I don't know much about it, but I love the sound of it. And then they had a lot of sexy moves within the dance. Maybe they weren't good technically, but they were like fun to watch and hot, da hot dance moves. And then, like I said, you add in that they're just gorgeous people. The whole thing melded together very high for me and very fun for me. And I liked it a lot. And I didn't care that the dance moves were that good. I just was watching them and listening to the music. So Juan, Cheryl, and Melissa, my number four uh, hottest dancers in the history of the show. Let's go to number three. And this is going back a little ways, back to season 14, uh, William Levy and Cheryl Burke. William Levy finished third that season, and he was kind of one of those Latin lover kind of guys. He didn't have quite the dark complexion maybe that some of them did, like Juan Pablo or Gilles, but he was uh, from one of the Latin American countries. And he was great at the Latin dances. And the thing that was so amazing about uh, uh, William, for me as a man that, you know, used to work out in long ago and could never really get muscles because I'm kind of tall and lanky. William was a big guy and he was ripped, but he was thick. He really had muscles, you know, kind of like you, I think of when I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger back in his mu muscle build, building days. He was a tall, big guy, and then he was thick on top of it. And a lot of the male dancers on this show have muscles, and they take their shirts off and have six-pack abs and all that. Well, William had all that, plus he had some thickness to him. And boy, what a great look that is. And so he was dressed in, uh, this was a, uh, what was it? It was an Argentine tango with his partner, Cheryl. And he just had the typical pants with, a tight shirt on and it was open and Cheryl looked great and they just kind of exuded <laughs> sexiness I think I guess you would say and let's let uh, the judges tell you what they thought you have lipstick on your nose <laughs> all right we'll start with a shell shock Carrie Ananaba Carrie Ann Carrie you you 
I saw sensuality and colour. Well done. And Pulsating passion. <laughs> Throbbing intensity. <laughs> Slick, sexy, cloonlicious. Right. <laughs> you might take the lead, basically. <laughs> Gotta love Bruno. Boy, he has a way of encapsulating uh, things with his uh, flamboyant speech, to say the least. But uh, yeah, William and Cheryl... Hot, hot, hot there. Argentine Tango from season three. I'm sorry, season 14. That's my third hottest dance ever in the show's history. Number two, going back to season 20, this is Rumor Willis and her partner Val. They're Viennese Waltz. And this was the one I mentioned earlier. It was to some song from Fifty Shades of Grey, which just kind of was a sexy song to begin with. Uh, Rumor Willis and Val had unbelievable chemistry the entire season. There was a rumor there that rumor about rumor and Val that they were, you know, having fun outside the the show too. Who knows? But she wore everything just well. And it surprised me. I didn't think rumor Willis would be sexy to me necessarily and be a great dancer. And she was both. She wore tons of gowns that were very um, revealing, I guess you would say. Yet they were tasteful and that covered up a lot of her body, but still there was that sexiness to it. And I could have had Rumor and Val probably on this list maybe three times. Their rumble was amazing. Their freestyle was amazing as far as sexy. But uh, the Viennese Waltz kind of just took the case for me. Um, They did have that unbelievable chemistry too. And she was great at acting. And I don't know if she's an actor or not. Obviously her parents, Bruce and Demi, were actors or are actors. So she might've got some of those in her gene, but genes, but she acted very well in these dances. And when he, again, would grab her in a very vulnerable spot on her body, boy, she would kind of suck in the air and her body and it would just look like, oh, what, that was an, an intense touch that he just gave her. And it, it led to the uh, sexiness of, of, of all of her dances. So Rumor and Val, uh, my number two dance, season 20, Viennese Waltz. Okay, well, this is the, the big one here. This is my sexiest dance in the history of the show. And like I've said with my, a couple other of my uh, top 10 lists, I'm pretty confident in this one that it's never going to be replaced. And uh, I, you just have to go watch it to know what I'm talking about. We're going to play some audio here. But again, this is just my opinion of the number one uh, sexiest dance in the history of the show. And it comes from season 23. It was Jana Kramer and Gleb, their tango. And I really liked this one. Um, I mean, I liked all of them, of course, but there was something about this that was like off the charts. And again, I think it was their chemistry. Jana, a gorgeous young woman. She was actually going through a divorce, I guess, at the time too. And Gleb, of course, a very gorgeous young man. And I think Carrie Ann's going to mention this in the audio clip. The chemistry was just off the charts. Every time you saw them together, it's like, do they need to get a room or what? And she was wearing a very slinky black gown that was kind of see-through and just a beautiful woman, you know, filled it out incredibly. Gleb had his usual open shirt and he's just a good looking guy. 
And of course, once again, Gleb loves the beds. So he had started out with a bed on the dance floor and they're both kind of, she's kind of like writhing around in that. <laughs> and even that was sexy. And uh, they get up and start going like they're going, doing sexy moves and just relating well to each other. And then at the very end of the dance, they go run under a shower head and they get showered on with, with water. And he keeps doing the moves there and she keeps doing the moves and, and she's like responding with facial expressions and he's grabbing her in sensitive areas. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is really a hot dance. And I remember when I watched it, I said, that's the hottest dance I'm ever gonna see on the show. And here it is all these seasons later. It still is in my opinion. And let's listen to the judges talk about it a little bit. I think this reaction tells it all. Julianne, you start. Argentine tango for sure but I just want to say thank you so much for taking everything that we all have said your shoulders your spot your arms your legs everything you did tonight you own that dance that was all yours all yours yeah. thank you pulsating with lust driven by unsatiable desire that's just me as down and dirty Responds to excitement by going to a doctor's appointment over here. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. So, you know, for you guys, I have to say, sexy is kind of the easy route because your chemistry is so incredibly palpable. It's just incredible. What I love is tonight, I saw you dancing as if you are going to take that mirror ball trophy. And if you keep dancing like that, you're going to do just that. Good job. I can say it's real simple. I gotta do the Bruno right now. I gotta do the Bruno. I gotta get up and get oh, it. Boys, it's getting hot in here right now. I can't keep my hands to myself. Okay. And if you want, you can go ahead and toss that dress over. Oh, hello. Now, you know, he tossed the shirt over. I was thinking Yo, about the dress. Yeah. You guys right. did an amazing I, job. That's I, all I can say. If you need the cold shower, it's still available. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, that's always fun. Pitbull was a guest judge that night. Um, that's probably good, too, because he was more into it than Len would have been. But but uh, sexy, sexy dance. Uh, Janet and Gleb's Tango, season 23, my uh, hottest dance in the history of the show. Okay, well, let's change gears here. It's time to do a little ticket audio. You know, we do this every uh, show. This station that gave me uh, so much fun over the years, not only working there, but the guys uh, embracing this Dancing with the Stars bit. And we played some clips of them either kicking me in the groin or quizzing me or whatever. I thought we would do that again today um, with a little uh, bad radio here. You know, Bob's never been a huge fan of the show, Bob Sturm. This is back when bad radio and Bob and Dan were doing it with Donnie. And uh, here's a little clip where 
Uh, Dan, we're coming back from break and we're on a remote and Dan quizzes me about something. And you know, it really doesn't go anywhere other than that. I'm not a radio guy. I'm not super creative. I don't have any great things to say back. I just answer their questions. And Bob at the end of this is like, uh, what are we doing here? Where do you think this is going to go? Talking about dancing with the stars to him. Kind of a slap in the face to me. It was true, but I didn't think he needed to say it. And then Dan actually kind of, I thought, stood up for me a little bit. Not, not directly, but in what he said to Bob. So let's listen to that. All right, it's noon 32. It's your heroes, Bob and Dan, Donovan. Ah, Tony, fired up. Dancing with the stars. For another season of Dancing with the Stars. Is that on now? Is it a current season? It is. Week three was finished last night. Who got voted off? Uh, Charlotte. Uh, All right. I voted, Charlotte. I voted for her. Charlotte Ray. wonder why. Whoa. Why is she black? I don't know. What are you insinuating I didn't vote there, Tony? I was just. Oh, you're just kidding. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're no one watches <laughs> Dancing with the Stars, Tony. Dancing with the Stars. Um. Oh, I could have been eight million people. <laughs> That's true. Sorry. 13, Thirteen million. Uh, Bob stands corrected, and he will. Like, what are you doing? Really what are you doing for data. Dancing with the Stars talk? Huh? <laughs> Who me? Where'd you think that was gonna go? What, are you upset? Nah. Did we ruin your show? Uh... <laughs> well, thank you, Dan. Did we ruin your show, Bob? Donovan was laughing. He's always been a big fan. So uh, they kind of stuck up for me there, I thought. Um, and then we were out on another remote. Now, Bob wasn't with the Bad Radio Show that day. Um, Donovan was there, of course. This is going way back, by the way. This is six, seven years ago when the bit was kind of just getting started. Um, and Jake is out with them. And they're coming back from a break again, and Dan just wants to give me a little quiz. Just north of the bush on the west side. Uh, it's me, Dan, with him, Donovan, Jake. Tony is out here. Yes, that Dancing Tony. With the, stars. the uh, Tony who knows Dancing with the Stars season two. Top three finishers. Uh, champion was Drew Lachey. Second place was Jerry Rice, and third place was Stacey Keebler. What about 10 seasons later, season 12? Season 12 champion was Heinz Ward. Uh, season 12 runner-up was Kirstie Alley. And 13 was someone named Chelsea Kane, who really should have won that year, probably. <laughs> HSOs, too. Hot sports Man. opinions. He's the best. It's great to see it in person, so get on out here to... Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted to throw that in there, too. Um, we've heard from Bad Radio quite a bit, along with the hard line, because that's kind of where the bit started. But, uh, you know, occasionally I would work a Norm show, Norm, Norm Hitzkiss, and then later on Donovan joined him. Um, and they weren't as familiar, or at least Norm wasn't as familiar with the bit, because I didn't work a lot of their remotes, and they didn't hear a lot of this. Well, this is, I would go out to spring training with Norm in uh, Surprise, Arizona, the Texas Rangers baseball team. And we would be out there a little bit. And this season, or this clip here, Mike uh, Saroy, his producer, went out with him. So it was Norm and Mike, and I'm out there engineering. And this is kind of Norm, I guess, quizzing me a little bit too. Um, but it wasn't like your normal quiz of like, when did someone finish in a certain season or so forth. Norm was just kind of curious about the whole bit and how much, I guess, I knew what he was going to ask. So this is Norm asking me some questions along with Mike, his producer. <laughs> D.C. Fleming with straightened hair is in the uh, ticker room. Hey, guys. How about thanks to Autoflex Leasing and Autoflex.com for sending us out here, Norman? Amen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Were you too. impressed real quick with Tony's Dancing with the Stars trick that he did? 
With the what? Remember his Dancing with the Stars trick? Oh, listen. You didn't know about that, right? I, I knew Tony loved Dancing with the Stars. I knew Tony had worked hard to get tickets to Dancing with the Stars. And as Tony has told us, and I think he's probably very correct, it's harder to get Dancing with the Stars tickets than Masters tickets, Tony? Yeah, well, you can't buy them. You can buy the Masters tickets, you know. Yeah. And what I was going to do, Monday's the premiere, season 20 premiere coming up. Right. I was going to leave from here and drive to L.A. if I could get tickets. Really? But I couldn't get them, of Really? Course. Yeah, here's a wait list. You know, it's first come, first serve and all that. So. I tell you what, you talk <laughs> about everybody has a parlor trick or two, okay? Some it's magi <laughs> magic work, things like that. Tony's is... Knowledge of Dancing with the Stars. Now, this he doesn't have a piece of paper in front of him or anything like this, so I'm going to start with the one. Oh, no. You're going to make okay. him do it? No, I'm going to make him do the other one. Tony, how have athletes fared on Dancing with the Stars? You mean all of them or just like football Maybe players? football players. Well, there have been 12 football players have been on it. <laughs> um, we've got three first place, three second place. A third, a fourth, and then the rest. So, okay. so eight of the twelve of the top four. Okay. You know, and six top one and two. Who do you think is the worst to ever appear on Dancing with the Stars? Um, a guy called Master P. Okay. I think he's a rapper. I don't know much about hey, him. But people who name themselves Master P usually do fall into yeah. the rapper category. He got two scores of two. Two oh, out no. of ten. Out of ten. Yeah. Tony, that's that's benevolence when you give a person a two. I think I could get a two. Yeah. <laughs> I might be so. able to get her, too. We get Norm on Dancing with yep. the Stars. Is his knowledge go. the most impressive parlor trick at the station? Better than Sturm's little Super Bowl there, or Mike Reiner's presidents? Well, it's because it's so off the wall. Who've, well, you've been 19 winners of Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. How many can you name? Well, we've done this. I can name all yeah, of them. Yeah, he's done it on air before. Could do the top three every year, and even the top four. <laughs> what? Well, win, play, show, of course. What? Yeah. Who's the worst athlete that's ever been on it? You mean in terms of dancing? Yeah. Oh, boy. Because um, you say athletes and football players usually do really yeah, good. Clyde Drexler was really bad. Right? No, the Clyde? Uh, he's so tall, and, you know, he had that issue with his partner because most of the girls aren't too tall. <laughs> um, Lawrence Taylor was not very good. All right. Um... Where did Michael Irvin fit in there? He was like seventh or eighth in season nine. All right. So he was wait, kind of middle of the minute, pack. He knows this it's amazing. Irvin I'm telling you, it is amazing. Well, season nine's unique because they had 16 <laughs> contestants, and it's the only season that had that many. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's the it's the best. It's the best. Whoever thought you just Tony shoot the bull with Tony about Dancing with the Stars? Okay. It's the most interesting. I love who's, it. Who's how many women have won Dancing with the Stars? Of uh, the 19 champs, 10 are women, nine men. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That was a long time ago, as you saw. Just season 19, I think, was what we were at. Um, it's just fun to hear those guys get so tickled. And, uh, you know, they make it interesting. They make it fun. And it's certainly been, like I said, an embellishment to my life. Well, um, later on, let's see. I don't know when this would have been. I think four or five years ago, we went out to Norm's house and did the show from there. And his partner, Donovan, and Mike was out there because Norm was recovering for some, some surgery and I knew that the next day I was going to stay with Norm all week out there. The uh, Mike and, and Donnie were going to go back to the studio the next day. Well, they're talking to me here, and I knew I was going to be out there the next day. And that's when they were going to announce the new season's cast on Dancing with the Stars. So I had to ask uh, Norm a little favor here. So they're like, oh, no. <laughs> and we got Dancing with the Stars, Tony Smith with us this morning. Well, we Hi, do. Norm. Hey, I got a question for you. Okay. Can I come early tomorrow about 8 o'clock and watch something on your TV? Oh, no. Sure. What are you watching on TV? At 8 a.m. 
season 25 cast announcement on Good Morning America. <laughs> oh, my God. I would love God. to watch Come it on, live. Tony. Thank you. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Why don't you just stay here tonight? <laughs> well, there you go. That was just me asking if I could come. Uh, I guess there's a little more to play. Let's see if there's anything left here. Don't bring the balloons or the winery. So uh, you got enough wine, so I don't need to bring that. <laughs> he ain't kidding either, right? No, no, no. he's not kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Hey, Tony does not kid about dancing with the stars. No, no, he kid about all some other stuff, but not about dancing <laughs> with the stars. All right, there you go. So sure enough, the next day I went out there and I was just with. Uh, Norm doing the show, because like I said, Mike and Donnie went back to the studio, and I did get to uh, watch the uh, cast announcement on Norm's TV a little early, and then I think it was Mike here that asked me about how that went. Home recovering from shoulder surgery. He's on the broadcast, though, sitting at his dining room table. Hi, Norm. Sure he has Vanilla to Hi, his Mike. left, Mally to his right. Is Mally in her little hovel? Mally's in her little hovel, right behind Tony. She's a good little tennis ball catcher. Boy, she, she is. is. Hey, did you guys oh, watch the? Uh, do you guys watch the uh, Dance for the Stars things together this oh. morning? Tony, Tony's already given us opinion about Terrell Owens, which will now become Betty part the stars. of the Birdhouse. Which will now what? Which will now become part of the Birdhouse. All right, your oh, thoughts really? on Terrell Owens? Oh my gosh, is this the Birdhouse right now? Yeah. yeah. First question. Hey, Tony, how was that thing this morning? <laughs> it was great. I was hoping Norm would watch it with me, but he was busy preparing for the show. I guess he wasn't too interested. But Mary watched it with me. Oh, nice. Did you guys get up and do night like like a tango or something? <laughs> I guess when I it was announced. Could have tried that. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did it. Were you screaming at the TV, crying? No. You know the uh, the cast announcement's pretty low key. I very good. Dancing okay. with the stars. There's something low key about dancing with the stars. Well, we're just kind of feeling it out. You know, there was like five people I've never heard of, so I had to kind of get to know them a little bit, and before I can get real excited about. So it's it. like the first <laughs> exhibition game of the year. You don't want to use too much sweat. No, yeah. yeah okay. Well, this is kind of like the fourth preseason game, but it is exciting. It's like spring training in baseball. You know, it's brand new, ready to roll. And you just gotta <laughs> feel it all out. Wow. <laughs> all right. It's the only time dancing with the stars will be compared to baseball. Baseball, mm -hmm. never. Well, that's not true, Donnie. I, I do that a lot. <laughs> Maybe it's the only time I do it. Well, no, it isn't. I just told you. Um, I've often compared. I think we did it earlier today. I know we did it last week on the podcast. That uh, Like baseball, they had the dog days of August. There's a dog days in Dancing with the Stars season, too. So I made that kind of comparison. So uh, this one here is I'm out on remote with just Donovan. Uh, Norm is not with us that day. Mike is back at the studio, but he had talked to us earlier and then when uh, the show's just getting up and running, he uh, had to ask me something. Mike had to ask me something when I was out there with Donovan. Okay. That's okay. I, didn't, I can handle this all by myself today. I can't let leading statement Tony get out of the way because I said, how you doing? And he said, a little sad. And I got to know. Yeah, my pick to win season 27 <laughs> was eliminated Monday. Very oh. not righteous, too. And who was that, Tony? Juan Pablo de Pase. The he best. Probably uh, the best male this season, for sure. For sure. Probably the best overall. But Tanache went home so early, we don't even know that either. Kind of sad. I'm sorry, little buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Is he a luchador? Who's Juan Pablo Montoya? He's on Fuller House. <laughs> it's De Passe, by the way. Fuller House, the newer version of Full House, huh? Yes. Have you seen one episode of that show? I have not, but there's two other people on that show that have been on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> okay. Do you find yourself going back and watching the entertainment of people on Dancing with the Stars that you don't aren't already like know about? 
know what I mean? Like, no. there's somebody on there. You're like, ooh, who is this person? And then you actually watch the show that they're famous for. Not really. Was you? Uh, were, yeah, that's good enough. They got a lot of other stuff they're going to ask me, but. Uh, yeah, you know, you guys know, uh, season 27, what an awful season that was. So I was sad about Juan Pablo, but I think I was more sad that I didn't even get into it. But uh, just that I knew the show was uh, was spiraling downward and I knew bad things were, were on the horizon. Little did I know how bad it was, but a couple more here. Uh, I mentioned before that all the shows, except for the Musers, have always let me come on and ask a guest of theirs that have been on Dancing with the Stars. They let me come on and ask them a question. Well, we were out on remote one day, and uh, they were pr promoting an Indy car race that was coming up at the Speedway down here in Dallas. And we had Elio Castroneves on, and you guys know he was the season five champion, and now he's a four-time Indy car champion. And he was going to be on with us. And I had seen the guy walk by us before he was going to come on with us, and I guess Donovan noticed that I noticed him walk by. Elio Castroneves will be here at 1110. Norm, he walked by. Did you see Tony just stare him down as he walked <laughs> toward the door? Dude, it was so loving, the stare that he gave to Castroneves. It was a little creepy, but I loved every second of it. Sorry you saw that. He followed him, Mike, as he walked like he was watching a girl walk down the, uh, walk down the way. Just biting his bottom lip a little bit. <laughs> He's still in good shape. <laughs> It was great, and he will be here awesome. at 11.10. There you go. A little fun again. Uh, <laughs> see, those guys picked up on that. I was just watching Elio walk by, and Donovan saw that, and he brought it to the air, and just a little fun thing. That's what those boys do at the ticket. And then we got to ask Elio the question, and uh, we're just going to play one question that I asked him here that I always wanted to ask one of the male contestants that had been on the show before, and that's right here to watching uh, uh, like every day. Okay, Tony Smith, our engineer, is <laughs> right. the, the single biggest Dancing with the Stars fan. And we promised Tony, he was just thrilled to find out we were going to be. We promised Tony he'd have the stage. Go ahead, Tony. Tony? Oh my gosh, I have a thousand questions for oh you, boy. but uh, let me just give you one here. Um, I've always been curious, and I wanted to ask, especially a male participant on the show, um, you guys... Your partners, you touch each other in ways that would be considered maybe inappropriate outside the dance floor. Did you guys have a discussion that says, okay, sometimes you're going to touch here, you're going to touch there, don't worry about it, let's just keep doing it, or was it an issue ever or anything it's, like it's that? Very good question, by the way. And, you know, for me, that when you, when you, st first of all, those dancers are incredible athletes. They are in incredible, incredible. They can do anything. It's uh, They can act, they can dance, they can sing. They're, they're incredible. Uh, <clears throat> for me, when I start dancing, uh, and, and obviously you holding her, and then all of a sudden, like I said, her hand slip here, there, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, what? So it becoming so natural that after I was there for 14 weeks, I mean, the, the third week, I wasn't even thinking about it. You, you're, you're thinking about your routine, you're thinking about the music, you're thinking about the steps. And, uh, and, and obviously, it's just, it keeps going. So it's becoming very serious. Uh, um, it, it's actually very professional, believe it or not. And uh, uh, what you see on TV, it's, it's a great show. Uh, it, it's fantastic. But yeah, at the beginning, I did have the excuse that I can lay my hands all ah, over that know, beautiful body. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> okay! Yeah. Well, that was great. You know, Elio was a great guest that day. He stayed with us a long time. He asked, answered a lot of Dancing with the Stars questions. And then Norman D. let me 
ask more than one question. So uh, well, had a fun little thing there. And it was nice of Elio to say that was a good question because I felt a little funny asking it, but I thought, wow, this is a, I'm sure an occurrence every season when you bring in a celebrity and, and you start touching each other in weird ways. But uh, Elio was a, a good champion. He's one of those guys that, that you, you were happy when you met him that he turned out to be as cool in person as he was on the show. We actually, I actually went and got in line to get some food a little later. They had a buffet line there. It was some kind of event promoting the IndyCar race. And Elio just happened to be right next to me in the food line. And I was like, oh, hey, I don't know if you remember. We just talked on the air. And he was like, oh, yeah, that was great. And he was just very, very friendly. And I'm like, wow, it doesn't take much to do that. But it makes such a difference in everyone's happiness when people are cool like that. So fun time with Elio there. Okay, well, another thing we've done uh, throughout the season here is we've looked back at past seasons. Now we're really catching up here. And what I want to do today, we've only got, let's see, really two full shows after this. The third one will probably be just a quick recap of the finale. So um, I'm going to split them up a little bit. We're only going to do two past seasons reviews this season or this week. It's going to be seasons 22 and 23. Then next week, we'll do 24 and 25, and then basically the final show. It's not going to be the final show, but the final one in this format. We'll talk about uh, seasons 26, 27, and 28, which really need to be lumped together anyways, as the shows kind of fell apart in those seasons. But uh, we're going to start off here looking back. Like I said, it wasn't too long ago, but it was long enough that I do remember it like it was yesterday. Ah, yes. Let's go back and look at season 22. Now, season 22 had, uh, let's see, it premiered in March of 2016. It had 12 couples in it. Niall DeMarco was your champion. Paige Van Zant was second. Ginger Z was third. Uh, Niall was uh, unique in that he was totally deaf, the champion. Now, think about that. I worry about I can't dance and I'm afraid to go out there and make a fool of myself. This guy can't hear the music and he went out there and danced in front of millions of people. Super impressive. He'd been, I think, deaf since he was a kid or maybe maybe since birth. I can't remember the story now. I think it was since birth. And uh, I'm like, how can you do that? How can you go dance to a song that you can't hear the music of? And it was just amazing to me. You know, we had uh, Marley Matlin on the show way back in season six, I believe it was. And she's deaf, and we all know her from just being an actress and so forth. And I, I read up a little bit at the time because I thought that was amazing. And the article I read, it said she was uh, totally deaf in one ear and 80% in another ear. So I didn't know what kind of sound you get if you only had 20% hearing. I don't know if it's enough to hear any of the song or not, but I thought what she did was amazing back then. And here we come up with a guy that's totally deaf, Nal DeMarco. And he and Peta did a song that's, or a dance that season where I want to say it was for 10 or 15 seconds. The producers at the show turned the music off on the TV feed. And so we just watched him dance that song like he hears it. Well, he doesn't hear anything in total silence. And boy, that was a powerful moment. And it was like, wow, he's hearing nothing as he's doing this, of course. And this is what he's not hearing. So just amazing. Um, now, Paige Van Zandt was second that season. And she was really the better dancer at the, at the end, by the end of the season. She was one of those that got better and better and better. And I think I had Paige, not quite in my top 10 females of all time, but she was knocking on the door. Really, really good. And then Ginger Z was third. She was the, or is the weather person on Good Morning America. So she had a lot of built-in fan votes. I actually thought Wanye Morris, the boys to men uh, singer, who finished fourth, should have finished third, third that season. But Ginger was good too, so not a huge deal there. 
Um, let's see, what else in that season? Uh, Len Goodman, he came back to uh, guest host after, or not guest host, to be a, a judge after uh, not being there in season 21. He had that incredibly crazy flying schedule because he worked the English version of the show, Strictly Come Dancing, on Saturday and Sunday, flew to L.A. on Monday, flew back to, and when we had a, a show, a, a results show on Tuesday, he would stay all Tuesday and fly back on Wednesday. And he was getting older at that time. I think he's 77 now or something. But uh, he just decided he wasn't going to do the fall season because it was too much traveling. But this was the spring season, uh, March of 2016. So he came back. And it's always nice to have Len back. And then Julianne Huff left that season. She actually came back a little later too. But uh, the original three judges were there for that season. Something that meant a lot to me, uh, Edita Slovenska came back. She was one of the pro-female dancers. And I, I had an affinity for Edita. In the early days, she was the only pro that was on seasons one through 10. And since I was there from the beginning, I was starting to watch her. I'm like, as pros would not come back and move on. And I'm like, wow, she's the only one that's been on the whole time. And then she left in season 11, and then she came back here in season 21, and I don't know how that all worked because she hasn't been back since. So she came back very briefly. And unfortunately, she got saddled with Geraldo Rivera, one of the worst dancers ever in the history of the show. So she only lasted one week or whatever. But it was nice seeing her. And then in addition to Geraldo, we had uh, Misha Barton this season, who was not a good egg and didn't want to be there and was not a very good dancer. But it was more her attitude of not wanting to be there. This season also featured three football players. Usually we only have one in a season. Uh, but it was, let's see, Antonio Brown, Von Miller, and Doug Flutie. Uh, both uh, Von and Antonio were current players, but they could do it because it was the spring season again. They couldn't have done a fall season, of course. And then this was kind of like a big turning point, I want to say, in the old guard going away and the new guard taking over. We talked about the pros. Val and Pita and Sharna had kind of taken over as the new alpha males and females of the pro dancers. Derek was still there. Tony was still there. Karina and Cheryl. But they were starting to get phased out a little bit. And this season kind of really hit home. Derek missed this season entirely. His first season that he missed since season 12. He did come back and finish up then in season 23. Mark had been on the show 18 seasons before that. Uh... And he took a two-season absence after this, but uh, he was with Paige. And I think that was an emotional time for him because he knew he had a chance to win with Paige. And he actually kind of teared up a little bit after their freestyle dance because I think he knew Niall was probably going to win. But uh, and he kind of knew he was probably going to be gone from the show. Like I said, he did come back and do one more season, but that was kind of the end of the road for him. Tony Dovolani, the workhorse, he had a great 21 straight season run. Think about that. He was on that show for 21 straight seasons, and uh, this was his last season. And then Karina Smirnoff, another very seasoned pro, had been on the show uh, 18 seasons. Her 18-season run ended after that, too. So kind of a changing of the guard as I with the old and uh, the new guys that were kind of stamping their uh, place in the show's history. And uh, you could see that because PETA won her second championship, and she was part of that new group of pros that were going to be the leaders going into the next uh, history part of Dancing with the Stars. Okay, let's go to season 23, premiered in the fall of 2016, had 13 couples. Uh, Lori Hernandez, the gymnast, was your champion. James Hinchcliffe, another IndyCar driver, was second. Calvin Johnson, a football player, was third, and uh, Jana Kramer was fourth. And I mentioned Jana because this was an according-to-form season. Basically, you had four really good dancers, and they finished in the top four. You love that, or I do. 
And then you had two exceptional dancers and they finished in the top two. Uh, you could argue if you were a purist about, well, James should have won over Lori or Janice should have been ahead of Calvin. That doesn't matter to me. As long as you get the best answers in the finale, that's when the fans can can speak their opinion. You just don't want people getting to the finale that don't deserve to be there. And so this was, a, like I said, an according to form season where the top four were all in the final. Uh Val and Sharna, two of the pros on the show, this is where they really kind of stamped their their uh, place as the alpha male and female along with PETA. PETA set out this season because she was having a baby. But uh, what they do with the alpha male and female pros is they get the best partners. And Lori got Val and James got Sharna. And that's just the way it works. Uh, the riches go the spoils, I guess you'd say. And so uh, they were firmly entrenched as the new uh, leaders of the pro group. Uh, Julianne Huff did come back this season to uh, judge. So there were four judges on the dance dance uh, floor that season uh, judging. And then this was Derek Huff's, her brother's last season. He came back after a season absence and finished up with Mary Lou Henner. And there's another very glaring example of, you know, Derek's not getting Lori Hernandez this year because he's no longer the alpha pro. So uh, Derek finished up and he finished in sixth place with Mary Lou. That was amazing. Mary Lou was 64 years old, I believe, at the time. And uh, he did a lot with her. And she did a great job, too. Very active and energetic for a 64-year-old woman. And uh, him finishing in sixth, that was a tie for his highest finish he ever had in any season he participated in, Derek. That's another amazing thing, you know. Yeah, he had a lot of good partners, but they weren't all great, and he never finished below sixth. And most of the other pros cannot say anything near like something like that. This season also had the Ryan Lochte incident. We talked about that last week, and I was there to see that and witness that in person. That was crazy. The uh, interesting figure on the show this season was someone named Tara Jolie. She was a little person, four foot two inches tall, and she was partnered with Sasha, who's like, I don't know, five, six or something, or he's pretty short, but boy, he towered over her, you know, over a foot and a half taller than her. Um, but she did really well. She finished in, fi- in fifth place and just another one of those good stories of someone like, how are they doing that? How can they do so well with the limitations they have? And they just show you bust through that. You work hard and you do your best and you can have good outcomes. Uh, the ratings were still holding strong. We were still at about 12 million people at the end of season 23. And this was Val's second mirror ball trophy. Okay, well, let's finish this up here. It's time for our contest question. We're giving away a free trip to see Dancing with the Stars live in a person in Los Angeles next season, season 31. Hope it all comes to fruition and they let all the fans back next year. Um, What we're doing is we're asking a question each week of uh, something that happened on the prior week's podcast. So it's an open book test. Even if you wait till the last week, you can get into the contest. You just have to listen to a lot of podcasts all at once. But uh, last week on the podcast, we talked about our buddy Max, the pro Max Chermkowski, and he was in our top 10 noteworthy moments about his issues that he had with Hope Solo and a couple other things. We had mentioned that there was a long list of celebrities that Max had, uh, how should we say this, issues with over the course of the uh, series history. And I played some audio of a guest that came on with Bad Radio, and they let me ask her a question of one of his early partners and they talked about, she talked about the issues she had with Max. Who was that celebrity that we played the audio of last week? Turn out the lights, the party's over. 
<laughs> they say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The party's over. And tomorrow and next year starts the same old thing again. All right. Well, thank you, as always, to Dandy Don Meredith there, a former Cowboys quarterback. He was uh, on the Monday Night Football crew as an announcer back in the 70s. That was Can't Miss TV for me, and he would always sing that when the uh, the game was over or was in, you know, someone ran up to score quite a bit. <laughs> they had a play that, that ended it. He would always play that. So uh, I always like to play that here as we're leaving each week. Also, I always like to play a little song from someone that's been on the show before. And uh, here's one from a former contestant. Bet you know who that is. That's one Billy Ray Cyrus and his big hit, Achy Breaky Heart. Billy Ray was on season four of Dancing with the Stars. Talk about going way back. And uh, very memorable because he finished in fifth place that season. Billy was not a great dancer, probably should have finished uh, ninth or tenth that season. So he was way up over where he should have. And of course, it would have never have happened in today's Dancing with the Stars because we had the judges save and they would have uh, voted him off. Now I say that, who knows? He might have had so much fan support, he might have never been in the bottom two. Uh, the country music person is always treated very well on this show. The good-looking young man that goes out there and gives it his all and tries to entertain the ladies who watch this show, they treat him very well. So like I said, he may never have been in the uh, bottom two, but uh, not a great dancer, but he was one of those guys that he, he tried, he just wasn't that good, and he was always entertaining. And that's part of this show, you know, that's a big part of what this show is. They, wanna, they want contestants to come out, have a good time, laugh, and entertain the crowd. So. Billy Ray Cyrus taking us out here, season uh, four, fifth place. Well, before we do get out of here, want to thanks, uh, say a big thank you to TC, as we do every week, for allowing me to come to his studio and record this and then get it out to all you guys. And, of course, thanks you for you guys for listening. Uh, I have so much fun doing this, and I hope you guys get a little something out of it every week when you listen. Next week on Dancing with the Stars, it's the quarterfinals. Can you believe it? We're really winding down here. And it's going to be Janet Jackson night, another theme night where they're going to be playing the music of one Janet Jackson for all the uh, dances. And there's also going to be a double elimination next week. We still have eight contestants left. They usually want to have four going into the finale, so they need to get it down. So it's going to be a double elimination next week to get it down to six. One thing I want to really look at is they'll probably have three people in the bottom to pick a bottom two. And what they've done in the past is they have the final person or the, the person on the bottom of the scorecard, they go away without a judge's save. If that happens to be JoJo next week, that's going to be awful because she was in the bottom two this week. But uh, we'll find out what happens. So join us next week. I'll be back. I can't wait to tell you what happens in uh, the quarterfinals of Dancing with the Stars. And we'll talk to you then. So for Tony the Engineer, myself, bye-bye.